So the big question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now, for the review of the day, real estate in the real world, five stars by John Werbin. I've been listening to Pat Hyben's Real Estate Rockstars for a little over a year. What an experience it has been. Being in the real estate industry myself, it has been a huge weight off my shoulders to know that Pat and his excellent guests share strategies, knowledge, and real-life success stories. If you're an agent, investor, or anyone interested in being in the real estate industry, or you're just plain curious about what real estate life for brokers and agents is like, go listen to this podcast and become successful. I highly recommend you listen. It has changed the way I do business for the better. Five stars. Thank you, John. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. All right, Rockstar Nation, I have a great guest today calling in from Tulum, Mexico. I got Mr. Chris Arnold on the show, and I'm excited about this. We've been trying to get Chris on for quite a while, and he has taken time out of his busy day to jump on. So, Chris, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, man. Appreciate it. Excited to be here. Hey, Chris, why don't you give everybody a little rundown on yourself so they can get to know you better? Absolutely. So, 37 years old. Um, Texas born and raised, uh, been married for about four years and been in the real estate game for 12 years. So it was the first thing I stepped into right after I got out of grad school and uh, started as a real estate agent back in the day. Been doing it ever since. Wow, that's crazy. So what was your graduate degree in? Uh, I actually got a master's degree in theology, believe it or not. So a lot of people always laugh and say, shouldn't you be a pastor or a youth pastor or something like that? I mean, wasn't that the thought at some point? It was, man. Um, But from the very beginning, when I started my business, my goal was to be able to create a company that gave me uh, really three freedoms, always in my mind, which was freedom of resources, freedom of time, and uh, freedom of thought. And so I knew that if I could build that, then I could do ministry however I wanted to, rather than a lot of my other friends who had gone around really living at the mercy of other people's giving in order to be involved in some type of philanthropy. I love that, right? Money is good for the good it can do. Absolutely. And that's been my goal as well as my business partner's goal from the very beginning was to create a company that allowed us to do that, which is really fun. And so, like, what do you, how are you guys, what are you giving to now? Like, what, what, how are you doing that? How are you actualizing that? Yeah, that's a great question. So we like to find particular leaders and organizations under the umbrella of mentorship and coaching. And we come in twofold. Obviously, we're able to write checks on a monthly basis and 
we like to go long-term rather than short-term and really kind of go deep rather than wide with a few selected organizations. So an example of that would be Lawrence Marshall with Integrity Mentors, which works with at-risk um, kids um, within the city of Dallas. And so we meet with Lawrence on a regular basis and really kind of pour into the business aspect of him running a nonprofit. And then we're able to write checks uh, and they do some really cool activities of doing one-on-one -on -one mentorship and they come together once a month and do like a curriculum with the actual group of kids, really kind of elevating uh, different pieces of education that are practical for their day-to-day. -day. So that'd be an example of that, which at the end of the day, real estate for us is just a vehicle that allows us to do those type of things. I'm not super passionate about real estate, but I am passionate about is the freedom that real estate has been able to give us. I love that, dude. I love that. It's sort of like you're adopting children and their charities. Correct. And you're, and you're paying for these kids uh, through the charities. I mean, you're paying through these kids with commissions and profits from the real estate company. Man, you've said a lot already. So run down slowly those three freedoms again, because that's the first time I've ever heard of that. And tell me yeah. what they mean to you. Absolutely. So freedom of resources or money is the ability that when we have an idea of how we want to impact the world, we can actually stroke the check ourselves. So we don't have to figure out where are we going to get that money from to be able to do that. And I think that that's a huge freedom to be able to have. Freedom of time, you know, if you're working a nine to five or you're involved in some type of, you know, industry that requires you to clock in and clock out, you're not able to have the freedom to spend your time however you want. And I love that real estate. And I know for anybody listening in the audience, that's really why you got in is for the freedom of time. And so we're able to capitalize on that time and focus on what matters. And freedom of thought is once you, it's kind of like Maslow's hierarchy, once you got your basic needs taken care of, really that success part of your life, you know, you, you got to take care of your family. You got to be able to, you know, put a roof over your head, those type of things. But once that's taken care of, I really believe it frees up your mind to start figuring out how you can better impact the world around you. And so those are our three freedoms. And it's funny, I, and I'll add in a fourth one that just came to fruition for us, um, which is really freedom of location. And so that's why I'm in Tulum, Mexico right now. And in the beginning, we had never even talked about that freedom from the start. But now it's like, can you create a company that allows you to work from anywhere that you want to work, but outside of the primary city that you're doing deals in? I love that. And, and so, guys, by the way, just so you know, Chris is not – well selling houses you know in tulum mexico i mean he's he, he has started investing in some things there but but his primary business that he started 12 years ago is out of texas right chris where in texas so we are literally located in the heart of dallas uptown downtown dallas is where our business is and that is still where we are doing all of our transactions um, and predominantly, most of the people in our organization don't even live in the state of Texas. They live somewhere else around the U.S., which is really cool. Yeah, you're, you're one of my first guests that was like, you know, so comfortable around Zoom. I could tell that you ran a virtual team because you've dealt with <laughs> Zoom before, which I'm on every day, you know, with my team because I have a virtual team as well. So anyways, let's, let's, let's get to some nitty gritty, Chris. So what, first of all, how many houses did your team sell last year? 
Absolutely. So we have two sides of the business. We have the retail side, which is traditional buyers and sellers. And we did 211 transactions um, on that end. And then at the same time, we wholesale properties as well, which means that we find discounted properties for investors. And we did 109 transactions on the wholesale side as well. Oh, wow. And we're going to get into, you know, how that works and what that means. So essentially 300 transactions um, that you did in Dallas, Texas last year. What, what is your ECI, Chris, your ego commission income? Uh, GCI uh, for the brokerage was 2618000 And then the GCI on the wholesale side was 1655000 So it was about $3 million, uh, total. Three, That's two. correct. Yeah. And then what, what was your net profit? Uh, net profit on the investment side was uh, 336000 That's after paying salaries uh, to myself and my business partner. And then on the brokerage side, net over there was right at 175000 Okay. And uh, so you got maybe close to five hundred between the two. And uh, did you have to split that with a partner? Uh, the brokerage is 100% me, so I keep that. The wholesale side, yes, is split with my business partner. And then that wholesale side, that profit there, that I guess, um, would you say 100 and some thousand in, in the wholesale side, did you have to, does that include like the spread that you make between what, you, what you're buying it for and what you're selling it for? Or, or does that, is that just commissions? Like how does one figure that out? Yeah, that's a great question. So in wholesale world, the profit that we get is from the price we contracted a property for. So I'll give example, let's say a house is worth a hundred thousand. We'll come in and contract it, let's say for 40 or 50,000 and we'll flip that contract to the next investor who wants to buy and hold or maybe fix and flip it themselves. And our average wholesale fee for last year was right at 17500 As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. Okay, so you're, you're flipping it. You're essentially taking it adding 17 grand to it, selling it to a wholesale investor, selling to a retail person, let's say, a, a, a whatever, an investor. And that's it, right? There's no, that, that the fat in there, that 17 grand 
is what it is. There's no other commissions or fees. The seller who you bought it from makes what he, whatever net number you told him, you make the 17 and then an investor picks it up for the, let's say 67. That's exactly right. So there's a $17,000 spread there. Um, what I like about that versus the retail side transaction is we're not in the customer service business. We're not showing buyers. We're not going out and doing listing presentations. And there's not a lot of hours accumulated on getting a deal closed like you would taking a buyer out. So what's fantastic on our end, it's actually just a few hours worth of work to flip a contract. We literally contract it with the seller, blast it out to our investor list, and then they call in uh, to us and we give it to the highest bidder, which gives us an average of 17500 per deal. Yeah, and I mean, if you're looking at it from a real estate agent's perspective, right? If they were to put it in MLS, you know, they're going to make a couple of percentage points in commission. Here you're making 32%. That, that's a no brainer for them to try to do these versus a traditional deal, you know? Absolutely. So I'll tell you what's been interesting in our organization. So uh, initially these were two separate companies uh, in the way that they functioned. You know, all of my agents were agents working under the brokerage just doing retail. And then on the wholesale side, those aren't real estate agents. Those are what are referred to as acquisition managers or wholesale developers. They're Do not they have like to be licensed. They have to either be licensed or they have to receive a salary plus commission in okay. order to be able to do that process legally. Right, so we kept the two separate. And over time, what we did is we blended it together into one sales force. So my real estate agents love the fact that not only do we allow them to close traditional buyers and sellers, we have actually now trained them and are providing lead generation for wholesaling. And you want to talk about a lock-in to our system and what we do. My agents are coming back going, now I have two ways to make money that I didn't have before. And they've all communicated to me that they would rather do a cash offer all day long, a wholesale deal, than they would one of their regular retail transactions because it's so much less work and we're making a higher profit per deal on that. And so it's been really interesting to see that dynamic and as a broker to understand how much value that is to cross-train agents to be able to do both. And it multiplied our sales force very quickly. Absolutely. Okay, so so we're all about meat and potatoes here. So Absolutely. Can you, can you teach us like how to do that. Let's say I'm listening in Tupelo, Mississippi, and I'm like, hey, I want to do that too. Can you break it down like a third grader can understand, like a step-by-step of what I need to do to set that up in my office to do 100 Absolutely. deals a year, uh, selling them to wholesalers? Absolutely. So again, it starts with an easy, unique sales proposition, which most people in the wholesale or investment world begin with, and that's buying people's property for cash. So we're all familiar with, let's say, someone like home investors that, you know, we buy ugly houses type deal. From there, all you do is you decide what lead generation source you want to use. For us, what works best is direct mail and radio. So we run campaigns advertising the fact that if you need to get out of your house fast, you want a cash offer, you don't want to list it with a traditional real estate agent, give us a call. And so once those leads start coming in, uh, you simply create a management process and fundamentally buy these houses at, let's say, 70 cents on the dollar minus repairs. 
And then from there, the only thing you have to do is build an investor list of investors that are looking for discounted deals, which are a dime a dozen. Everybody wants discounted properties, um, you know, that they can fix and flip or buy and hold. So once we contract it, we just put it into our system and email blast it out through get response to all of those agents. And then they call in and we negotiate with the highest bidder. So it's not that complicated from a system standpoint. So, so how many people do you have in your database that you send out there that are, that are bidding on, you know, your company's wholesale deals and, you know. Um, yeah, 15,000. But we've been building that now for the last several years, 15,000. 15, I mean, like how many bids will you get on them today? Like, what are you getting today? It depends on the property, um, but it, on how hot it is, sometimes we could get several hundred people calling in on one particular property. Others, it might be potentially less than that, just depending on, you got to remember, 15,000 covers the whole Metroplex. So if I get a house in Garland, the guy out in Fort Worth on my list isn't going to be interested in that. So you do lose out a lot of people calling in and bothering about properties because they might not even apply to their location or what they're looking for. Do you put a price on them? Absolutely. So you put like a minimum price. You say starting bid at, I mean, it's kind of like an auction via internet, right? I mean, it's right. It's all, it's all in, like, it's like an online auction. In a sense, but we do communicate what our asking price is on the property from them. Right. And Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So talk to me a little bit about, um, again, the how on this. I understand you send out postcards, you do radio ads. Can you tell me exactly what the postcards look like, what the words are, and what the actual radio ad is? Absolutely. So I'll start on the radio ad. That's simpler to introduce. So on the radio ad, uh, we have an endorsement from Rick Carlisle, head coach of the Dallas Mavericks. So Again, having a celebrity, a local celebrity, helps tremendously with credibility. And he gets on there and fundamentally, number one, endorses us and says there's not another real estate company and DFW that I would utilize. And then he really goes into a pitch of, you know, if you have an abandoned house, a vacant house, a house going into foreclosure, a house that's falling apart, an ugly house, whatever your house looks like, we'd be interested in buying it for cash. Now, I will tell you something interesting that comes from that. Not only does that generate cash offers, but the people that call in can also flip into a listing. Because not everybody that calls in on a cash offer ends up going that direction. Because you got to remember, people have two options as a seller, either list it with an agent or sell it directly to an investor. We're a one-stop shop. So if you want to go cash offer, we'll give that to you. If you want to go retail, we'll give that to you as well. Yeah, of course, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I mean, it works both ways. So, you know, I was reading um, your Zillow. Okay. And it says you got a a bunch of really cool USPs, right? Unique selling proposition, which is something I think everybody needs today, you know, to get the phone rings, to get the phone to ring, especially for listings. You got, you know, get your home sold. Why don't you just talk about them? I, I see three of them. There's, there's the, the, the six months free payment. Tell me about that. Absolutely. So that's a program that's been around for a while and you have to set that up with a particular lender. And so we customize that through the lender that we utilize. 
and they're able to go in and structure that program where technically they'll get anywhere from three up to six months of no payments on their house. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. And so she's actually gone in and, and structured that for us. So that's actually through our lender. So it's all through the lender, right? And essentially it's kind of like paying points, right? I mean, you're, you're not paying interest so you're, you know, that interest, you, you, you do actually pay it or somebody's paying it, right? They're just giving you the free six, first six months interest free. Yeah, absolutely. And just to utilize that, sometimes that works really well with builders um, that are providing some type of incentives back and so forth. So you can use those incentives to, let's say, you know, do hardwood floors or put a pool in the back, but you can also utilize those incentives as well with our lender to push back the amount of time that you have to make payments. Yeah, that's great. I mean, if, until month seven, you don't have to make payments or you, if you have a house to sell, you know, and you need that time to sell your house and, and that's great because it puts them under pressure, makes them price it right. Which, which leads me to another one you have, um, you guarantee to get a full price offer where you pay the difference out of your pocket. Tell me about that one. Absolutely. So that's been utilized around the country. We weren't the first to come up with that. And it's just like the uh, unique sales proposition, your home sold guaranteed or I'll buy it. You know, as I've looked at these over time, we always know that with the unique sales proposition, the goal is to really kind of reach out and grab the consumer by the jugular and make them go, huh, that's really interesting. I want to call in and find a bit more about that. And so what I've seen is if you line these um, unique sales propositions, they function in all different ways. So I've seen, let's go into the guaranteed buyback. I've seen that function at where they'll buy it at 90 cents on the dollar, but then they want a 10% commission if you sign up for that. I've seen other people come in and say, hey, we'll do a guaranteed offer at a normal six, but we're going to only buy it at 85 cents on the dollar. So behind it, there's so many different ways that you can put in those particular st stipulations based on your market and how much honestly you really want to go in and buy a house. In our situation with our unique sales proposition, we actually move on it because I do want to buy these houses. That's what my company does as a wholesale company. We love contracting properties and buying them. So we actually buy a lot of properties per year, but man, it's it's all across the board on, on how those unique sales. It's just a spin on the guaranteed buy, I guess. Right. I mean, it's like, yeah, and, exactly. then you're, and you're going to price it. You're obviously going to price it aggressive at a price where you want to buy it. 
You know, I mean, that's the whole thing that threw me off was the full price offer, right? It made it seem like it wasn't a guaranteed buy, that it was like, I'm going to make up the difference of, let's say I put my house on the market for 250 and you get me 230 I'm going to make up that 20 grand, which really isn't going to happen. It's just you're going to buy it and net them the same as what they would do if they sold it for 250 no, on that particular one, the agents in my company that are running that are actually giving up uh, their commission to cover that gap. So when we obviously are in a market like real estate uh, in Dallas where everything is going full price or above, it's not that big of a risk on our behalf to run that unique sales proposition. So truly in that case, my agents that have chosen to run that for themselves, they'll say, you know what, my stipulation is I'll give up to X amount of my percentage to close that gap if I don't get you a full price. But again, they're picking and choosing what properties they feel comfortable with um, and are confident that they can get close to full price on that. So that is coming out of the agents. And that's a complete, so that's a completely different program. That's a totally different USP. The third yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. And then of course you have the, the one that, you know, we've heard before on this show, but uh, you know, love it or leave it where they, you know, tell me about the love it or leave it. Yeah. Right now, I know that's on Zillow, but I don't really think anyone else in our company is utilizing that, but it's still in play if someone wanted to, and that is if they buy their house and within the first year, they don't like it, we'll list and sell their house at no commission on our side. Right. Yep. Yeah. And we've, yeah, and, that, and that's a classic. And the key, I think, is, this, is just offering some sort of risk reversal USP, right? Something that's going to get them to call that's a little different than what else is out there. It just like the, you know, we'll buy your house for cash. Absolutely. I think that anyone that markets and just puts their name and phone number on there with a nice little slogan underneath, you know, everything is not going to get a call. You got to really through a unique sales proposition, get people to go, huh, that's really interesting. I'd like to learn a little bit more about how that works. And of course, they're skeptical when they call in. That's why they're calling in and they want to get more information on it. And then you can structure the performance of your USPs however you see fit. And again, that's all over the board. Everyone structures the USPs different in the way they perform on them. So let's talk a little bit about your virtual team. Tell me how it's set up because this is fascinating. Absolutely. And I'll tell you how I stumbled into it. When I first started thinking about having somebody in my company not be at the office every day, man, it made me nervous because you ask a lot of questions like, well, how do I know that they're not sitting at home, not doing something all day long? And, you know, how are they going to manage that type of freedom and so forth to not be in an office? So that world was really nerve wracking to me when I stepped into it. And so the first thing I started with is I started with a third party virtual company that already had virtual assistants that were trained. And so I could just outsource that work through their company. And that's kind of how I got my feet wet on it. I didn't run out and hire someone virtually. Something, something like an upward. Exactly. That type of thing. Um, this one was actually built around real estate. Um, so there are like people my there from other. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so I started with that process and I really began to learn that people that are raised up in virtual world, not someone that's worked in an office that you all of a sudden say, hey, you're now going to become virtual. Those people are incredible. They're, they tend to be self-managed. 
Um, they're very disciplined, and I find that I get a higher quality person a lot of times with those type of people because it brings a certain set of personality with it. And so I started working with that company, and over time as I got comfortable with it, we started to hire our own virtual staff. And so at this point, outside of my local real estate agents, obviously that have to be on the ground to show properties and so forth, everybody in our organization on the administrative side, um, except for one uh, lady uh, that's a closing manager, doesn't live in the state of Texas. They're and all around the U.S. Uh, how many do you have? Uh, total, we have 15 between both companies. Wow. And how many of those are in Texas? Or locally in Dallas, Texas? Only one in the state of Texas. No kidding. And yeah. you're in Mexico. Okay, yeah. so, so how do you find them? If you don't go to Upwork and you don't go to a, a VA company like my Outdesk that has uh, virtual assistants overseas in the Philippines, if you don't do either of those two things or something similar to them, how do you find like a permanent person or, or and why would you? You know, what are the benefits? Absolutely. So we use a lot of sites, let's say like indeed.com. Um, and again, my uh, COO is the one that goes and hires them all. I know there's a couple other sites that she should do, but she does have a couple sites that she posts on. And I'll get those to you so you can upload those and, and have those on your site if people want to check that yeah. out. So you just go to, you go to a regular site like Monster or Indeed yeah. or ZipRecruiter. And, 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 and post. And rather than saying a traditional thing of, hey, you know, this is a, this is a job you got to come in for an interview, you just say this is a virtual job. It's as simple as that, right? I mean, you're yeah. essentially and, – and that way, and the benefit to you is you don't have to pay the commission that you would normally pay through Upwork or whatever, right? That's correct. And the other thing is, too, you got to realize that just like us as real estate entrepreneurs, our network is predominantly made up of other real estate people. It's same for people in virtual world. So a lot of the people that we've had over time have come through people that we've already hired. So they all know each other because they live in that world together. And so not only do we post, um, as you build your virtual team, they'll make recommendations for other people they've worked with in the past. And it kind of starts to build itself, which is great. Um, I'll give uh, a few benefits, I think, to having virtual over in office. Yes. Um, number one, of course, is the cost. Um, you know, when someone has to commute and drive in, and then you have a lot of other stuff that's involved expense-wise around that, it's going to cost you more um, having someone in versus out. The second thing um, that I really enjoy about it is you're paying them for the time that they actually work. So a lot of times in the office, there's distractions, those types of things as well. And, you know, there's cooler water talk, uh, you know, talk by the water cooler, those types of things. My virtual staff bills me for the hours that they actually work. And I know you're probably going, well, how do you know they're telling the truth? And that really comes down to whether or not you have a culture that's built on honesty and people you can trust. So I thoroughly trust the people that are in our organization. So I love the fact that I only pay them for the hours that they're working, which is great as well. And then the culture is different to manage virtually in office. When I had a lot of people in the office at the same time, there tended to be a lot more drama because there's a lot of daily interaction going on. And so then you get a little bit of, you know, he said this or she said that, you know, I had my 
meal in the refrigerator and they moved in. You know, just, you know, I'm giving <laughs> examples of just ridiculous stuff, but it occurs in offices. If you ever had an office full of like 20, 25 people, they're going to get on each other's nerves. And so we have a lot less drama working virtually. When we're on a call, we're getting down to business. And I just felt from a management standpoint, it's been a lot easier as a leader to manage a virtual company than a bunch of people bumping to each other in an office. It's been great. I love that. I have a company, Rebus University. I have seven virtual people that work for me now. And we meet once a week on Wednesdays at 11. That's the only time I see them generally. And they have to provide numbers. Everyone is tied to a number, right? I, I learned this from uh, Rocket Fuel and Traction by Gino Wickman. Everyone has a number. So they, they post their numbers before the meeting. And I think that if I had to sit with them physically and have them post numbers and bring numbers, they would squirm a little bit more. And it would be very uncomfortable for them. But for now, it's very normal. And they can't get on each other's nerves because they don't even know each other. You know what I mean? Other, exactly. than the, other than the Zoom meeting once a week. Yeah. And I'll give you one more benefit, which is huge, especially if you're trying to scale. Let's say you're beginning as an agent, you're building your team. And cash-wise, you're concerned about bringing on someone full-time. If someone's coming to work in your office they're not going to come in and plug in and go, hey, I'm willing to work for 12 hours a week or 18 hours a week. It's either full, you know, part-time or full-time. Virtual people don't think at that level. You can hire someone to manage one responsibility in your company, and let's say that responsibility only takes 10 hours a week. Well, they're fine with that. So that allows you to not have to always bring in somebody full-time every time you want to hire you can hire based on the hours that you need and the responsibilities that you need. So our uh, ladies within our organization and our uh, male virtual assistants, they work all different hours. Some are like literally 50 hours. I have some at 35. I have some that are all the way down to like 14 hours a week. But that's the lifestyle they want because they have other responsibilities at home. So I love to be able to mix and match hours virtually. It's a great, it's a great benefit. What, what programs, what software, you know, what, what do you use to keep it all together virtually? If someone's going to build a virtual real estate team, what would you say the things are that they're going to need to get to get going? Absolutely. Uh, we built everything on Podio, um, which is now owned by Citrix. And so everything that is clicked on, every movement in that system is tracked. You can't breathe in Podio without that feed telling you what happened. So that eliminates any question of I did this or I didn't do that. And so that's why we love Podio. Uh, and you're also able to really customize it yourself versus some of these other ones out there. They're going to charge you an arm and a leg to be able to customize it. Um, when it comes to project management, you know, we use something as simple as Todoist for the executive team. Uh, todoist.com and you can get in and it's just great for creating projects and everyone can add in you know notes and so forth on what's going on on a particular project as well and then of course you know uh, four disciplines of execution was probably one of the more impacting books I read and so we also run a scoreboard system where once a week we get together and everyone has different KPIs that they're held accountable to and utilizing join me everybody can see the screen and so we go around and everyone's accountable for those particular kpis so nobody wants to show up and not have produced on what they had committed to do based on their uh, key performance indicator 
So the scoreboard has made a big difference for us as well. That's amazing. That's great. That's great advice. I'm going to put to-do list. I'm going to put all that stuff uh, that Chris mentioned on uh, hybendigital.com backslash Chris Arnold, just like it sounds, two first names, Chris Arnold. Chris, you got this You got this mastermind going for real estate professionals or real estate investors or whatever it is. Why don't you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, man. I appreciate you asking about this. So, Pat, for me, this, this is a passion project and something that I have wanted to do for years. And that was to create a community of high caliber real estate entrepreneurs that come together, share resources, but at the end of the day, most importantly, have each other's back. And so what we've built is an invitation only and the people that are coming in um, for the most part are seven figure plus guys. They bought and sold companies and they're involved in everything from real estate education to technology, to brokerage, to multifamily, fix and flip, wholesaling. Because I love, as an entrepreneur, being able to walk into a room and learn about all of the facets of real estate that exist in order to make more money. So I sometimes find when I go into certain types of settings, you know, everyone's just talking about brokerage um, or everyone's just talking about fix and flip. And so we're creating a large diversity there. And then we're tacking it on with an incredible experience. And that's the ability to get out of your location, come down to Tulum, Mexico, sit in this mansion that we have on the beach, Starbucks type seating, and really connect, unplug, and also be inspired just by as much through the resources that are being uh, given back and forth, but also just by the setting. Tulum is a magical place. And so, man, I, I can't tell you how much I'm excited about this. And we've been working on it for a year and we'll be uh, actually hosting our first one February 1st and 2nd down here. So really That's awesome. Cool. And I'll put, I'm going to put a link to the uh, website to give you all yeah. the information on that event and to Chris's mastermind. And let's wrap this up, Chris, with your free gift. As you know, everybody that comes on the show donates to the Toolbox the Real Estate Rockstar Toolbox, a PDF or something they could download that they, that they could actually use today in their business. What is your donation today, Chris? Uh, absolutely. You know, I have a lot of people um, ask me how to track their marketing, um, especially if you're doing large volume marketing. There's a lot of metrics that are involved in that. So, for instance, with us, we do a lot of different direct mail campaigns. Uh, in order to generate discounted properties to wholesale. So we'd love to provide an Excel sheet that we have built out that, man, you can just simply plug in a marketing piece and it's going to line by line give you all the information that you should be tracking on that marketing piece. So I think a lot of people are like, well, do I need to know the cost per lead? Should I be tracking the cost per closing? Should I be, you know, all of those type of questions. And you can sometimes end up with an Excel sheet that's just overwhelming. So, man, we really simplify this Excel and I love it, man. It helps me really understand what pieces of my marketing are working and which ones are not. Awesome. So I'm going to put that Excel sheet so you guys can download it in uh, hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. And of course, I'll put it in Chris's show notes at hybendigital.com backslash Chris Arnold. Chris, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day in Mexico today and coming on the show. And uh, hey, if I'm ever in Tulum or surrounding areas in Mexico, I uh, will definitely look you up and we can break some bread, my brother. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks for your time, Pat. Thank you for turning into Real Estate Rockstars. 
please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you may be listening. If you haven't already, please give us a review. I don't care whether it's a one-star review or a five-star review. We eat feedback for breakfast, and we need your reviews. Also, the more reviews we get, the better our guests become. Thanks again for listening, and find me on social media simply by typing in my name. I'm Pat Hyben, and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.